You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. So I'm Joe, and I don't normally talk about sports here, you know, this morning, but uh, everybody be talking about it today, probably. And, I mean, how can you not be a fan a little bit of the Buffalo Bills, even though you're a Giants or a Jets fan? I mean, as they say, you know, they are the only team that plays in New York. So, but uh, we were watching that game, and, you know, when the announcer says, this is one of the most amazing football games I think I've ever seen in my life, then you know it was something really different. It went back and forth. I've never seen a game, college or pro, that ha- I don't think I ever have, that had that many emotional swings So if you were rooting for Minnesota Vikings or the Buffalo Bills, in the last couple of minutes of the games, you had, yay! Oh, dear, that's terrible. Oh, yay! I mean, it went back and forth. It was really pretty wild. And, you know, we always go to say it's unscripted. It's the last vestige, the last entertainment on earth that isn't somehow scripted, at least, I hope not. Anyway. But it, it just it went back and forth where one team was going to win and then the defense stopped them and they got the ball by some miracle and then there was a flag and then they oh no they're gonna oh they are gonna win oh no and they stopped them again and oh they got the ball oh, they fumbled oh oh they scored anyway you have to watch the last few minutes of the game to even know what I'm talking about but I thought I wonder how many people are looking at this and going dude this is my life. That's that's what this is right here. This is this is like my life, you know. So um, anyway, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, kind of neat. Dude, you got the best barrels ever, dude. <laughs> just like you pull in and you just get spit right. Sometimes out I of feel them. like this guy. You just drop in and just smack the lip, <laughs> drop down, snap, and then after that. Just drop in, just ride the bell and get pitted. What? So Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Here we go. Monday Mug Day. First person on the hotline with the correct answer. You win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug complete with Joe Coffee Sample in there. The hotline's toll free, 800-946-1765. Hold on. Here we go. We do not have operators standing by. We have me. (laughs) Okay. Who was Jesus' adoptive father on earth? Abraham, Bob, or Joseph? That's the simple, easy question to get my mug today. The Cup of Joe Hotline is open. The Cup of Joe Hotline is open. 1-800-946-1765. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Wow. It's astounding. But we move on. We have a little fun here, too, on Mondays, lightening up Monday, because you're out and about already, I'm telling you. Monday Mug Day, here we go, 6.15. I mean, well, 6.20, 6.28, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go to the hotline quick, Frank, get in trouble. Good morning. Cup of Joe Morning Show, who's this? This is Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen, I hope you're doing well. Well, it's a little chilly here, but listening to you guys makes warms my heart right up. Thank you. Would you like my mug? Oh, of course. I like your mug. All right. Well, who? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> who is early for me too? You know. Joseph. Uh, <laughs> who? It was Joseph. Yeah, Jesus adopted. Father on earth. It was Joseph. Congratulations! Wow. Thank you. My my son's father's name is Joseph too. It's the greatest name, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. God bless you all for what you do. 
Thank you, Kathleen, for putting up with me. Let's do this, shall we? All right, I'll let that run out. It's okay. It's all right. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. So uh, I am Joe, and I've seen this little quick video going around, probably on Instagram. You may have seen it. It looks real set up, you know. Uh, if the whole thing was staged, I don't really care because it was absolutely beautiful. It's a pastor, and he looks he looks like I should know him, but I didn't say who he is. But he's in a public setting. He's in a like a college um, auditorium type of setting. And somebody stands up, and they ask them, you know, is there anybody in heaven? Yes. He said, who's in heaven? What does it take? That's what she said. She said, what does it take to get to heaven? And he said, Perfection. And she said, oh, is there anybody that's perfect? No. He said, nobody. And she's like, well, are there people in heaven? Oh, yeah, there's lots of people in heaven. But they're not perfect. No, not one's perfect. No, can't be perfect. And then she's like, well, how did they get into heaven? And he goes, grace. Isn't that cool? Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. So I know uh, Veterans Day was Friday, but I was very thrilled to see that this veteran got recognition. Finally, quite a process here. Lieutenant Colonel James H. Harvey III, who is now 99 years old, had a dream wish of a lifetime come true. I guess AARP actually helped them get it through. See, we all now know what Top Gun is, right? We know about Top Gun. That's the nickname for the weapons meet that they have back in 1949. The very first U.S. Air Force Top Gun weapons meet was held, but the winners never got fully acknowledged for it. There was even a trophy, I guess it was lost, okay? So James Harvey III has been working tirelessly to try to get it. He was the uh, first African-American to fly a fighter jet in combat during the Korean War. And he's been working for his fellow airmen, really. That's who he's really working for. Back in 95, the record books were corrected to acknowledge that the 332nd Fighter Group as the winners. In 2004, the lost trophy was found. Hey, there it is. How about that? Pretty amazing. Wish of a lifetime was to get all the team, the 332nd Fighter Pilots, whether they're still alive or not, to get them recognized. He said, "I, I want us listed right up there at the top at Nellis Air Force Base. And he got it last January. That must have been quite a thing there. They had a ceremony and a commemoration ceremony for the entire 332nd team. So that's really pretty cool. And it's one of the things I guess they try to do. So, wow. It's amazing. And you know, you think, boy, you sure are late in life there getting that done. A lot of those guys aren't around, but they got it done, and congratulations to the 332nd right, team, even though we're a little bit late on that. But uh, that was kind of a cool story. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. It is Monday Mug Day, and as always, the first person with the correct answer on the hotline. While you win the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show Travel Mug, complete now with a sample of Joe Coffee. That's it. Uh, hotline is toll-free, 800-946-1765. Uh, we do not have operator standing by. It's me. So call right now. We've got to get the voicemail. And Kathleen played it right. Boy, I tell you, but I got a different question. 
All right, here's the question on Monday Mug Day. Bible question. Before Jesus started preaching, what was his job? Before he started preaching, what was his job? I'll give you a, a, a multiple choice. Fisherman, palace guard, or carpenter? You tell me right now. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I've stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Cup of joe morning show. I'm Joe, by the way. And we got the... Yeah, I knew it was there somewhere. Let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Astrid. Hey, I hope you're doing well. I am. All right. That is absolutely awesome. I can tell you're going to win. You want my mug? Yes, I'm right. so excited. We've right. been trying to call forever. Well, there you go. See, now, before Jesus started preaching, what was his job? Was a fisherman, palace guard, or carpenter? He was a carpenter. Yeah, let's just get it over with. Congratulations. Thank you so much. You are, so, you. You are certainly welcome. Thank you for calling. I appreciate that. So what are you up to today, Astrid? We are on our way to school. I'm a teacher. I'm a kindergarten teacher. So. May God bless your day today. Thank yeah. you. For, thank you yes. for your service. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. We love listening to your station. My daughter is here. So excited because she's always wants to call and win tickets and win the Cup of Joe. So we're so glad we were able to do it. <laughs> oh, celebrate, guys. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Brightening up everybody's day here this morning. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face. And a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I know the story's been around before. It's just the coolest thing. And thankfully, somebody posted a couple of photographs of it actually taking place one afternoon. Posted on social media explaining that this elderly man sitting in his lawn chair in his front yard saying hey to the kids that just got off the school bus. It happens every day. His name is Gene McGeehee, and he comes out of his house, and he sits in the front yard at a particular time, and it's pretty phenomenal since he has Alzheimer's, and he doesn't remember why he does it. He said, it gives you chills thinking about it, and so he comes out, and these kids get off the bus, and they come over there, his biggest fans, and they say hey to him. He's like, what's going on, all the all this kind of stuff and everything you know and it just it just makes the whole neighborhood it's an incredible thing for everybody involved for the you know who's growing more the kids or him or whatever now the fact that he's got alzheimer's means he does he doesn't know why he does it but here's the thing that's even more kind of make you say oh he his brain his memory that's a his memory resets Every 15 minutes. So he, every day, every afternoon when he goes out to wait for the bus, to Gene, it's the very first time he's doing it. He's meeting these kids for the very first time. The Sound of Life. I got to tell you about Michael McGuire. Also the fact that my neighborhood friend, best friend growing up's name was McGuire. Uh, photographs, a couple photographs of him started going viral, but he didn't even know it because he didn't post them. And he was working in a coal mine in eastern Kentucky to support his family. And uh, that's exactly why America in general and one college basketball coach in particular fell in love 
with this coal miner, right? Somebody at the University of Kentucky men's basketball scrimmage, which was held at Appalachian Wireless Arena in Pikeville, Kentucky, a couple of weeks ago. And they were there, and they saw him, and they said, wow, this guy's just come out of the mines, and he's there with his child. He rushed home, didn't have chance to change clothes because he wanted to take his son to his first college basketball game. And when you live in Kentucky, I can tell you this, just like North Carolina, just like a lot of places in the South, that college basketball game is a big deal, right? Well, it was pretty obvious because he was covered in soot, He was still in his coal miner's uniform, and it made the rounds, and one University of Kentucky head coach by the name of John Calipari saw it, and he gave him a shout-out on his Twitter account, and he said, my family's American dream started in a Clarksburg, West Virginia coal mine, so this picture hits home for me. And he said, what I've been told is after his shift, he raced to be with his son and watch our team. I don't know who this is. But I got tickets for him and his family at Rupp Arena with VIP treatment. (laughs) I said, he must have fainted. (laughs) Imagine his son doing that because he did an act of devotion to his family and his son and didn't care what he looked like. That was pretty cool. Everybody involved really was stunned. Too bad Kentucky's playing Duke tomorrow at Duke. But I'm sure they'll, they may see something really good. So that's really cool. By the way, it's worth noting that that blue-white scrimmage game in Pikesville that he went to, that was a fundraiser to help families hit by flooding across the area. The Sound of Life. Cabot Joe Morning Show on The Sound of Life. Colton Dixon there. Build a boat. I am Joe. And it could be one of the tasks they ask you to do on Amazing Race, right? My wife and I are back watching Amazing Race this year. It's really pretty good. That's where... You go around the world, they have teams of two. So you could be two siblings, or you could be father-son, you know, that kind of thing. Married, of course. <laughs> Hoping to get married, that kind of thing. Uh, but they, uh, they're they usually quite fascinating. The, the ta- you have to do tasks that they're unfamiliar with in different places around the world. And it's been pretty enlightening and fun to watch most of the time. Uh, this year, one of the groups... One of the teams that's doing really well happens to be Emily and Molly. They're twins that were separated. Um, I was trying to think they are from Korea, I believe. But uh, they it's an incredible story how they found each other. So, so it's really cool. And they are doing very well. But you think about people who are separated from family. Uh, Kristen Holmberg reminding us uh, that uh, Feng Lulu was reunited with her family after 30 years. As a toddler, she was kidnapped while playing outside her house. And uh, she was in China through the All-China Women's Federation, finally located her family. Because she was so young, she was abducted. She doesn't remember it. So she grew up believing she'd been sold because her parents couldn't afford to keep her. So learning the truth surfaced many questions and emotions, right? And then you had in the Bible, you had Joseph reunited with his brothers. And he probably had some of those complex emotions you would have to be being a human being. Sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt as a young man. Twists and turns. And then, of course, Joseph saw that God was propelling him in a position of authority. So when his brothers came to Egypt to buy food during a famine, they unwittingly sought it from him. You probably know this. But uh, Joseph acknowledged that God redeemed their wrongdoing. 
He used it to save their lives by a great deliverance. I mean, Joseph didn't redefine their hurtful actions toward him. He described them accurately as selling him. So Chris is saying that sometimes we try to put an overly positive spin on difficult situations. We focus on the good God brings from them without acknowledging the emotional struggle. So just be careful not to redefine the wrong as being good simply because God redeemed it. I mean, you know, we look to God to bring good from it while still recognizing the pain, wrong, doing, cause. So really, it's a situation where you have two opposites are both true. That's kind of interesting. So, Father God, thank you for lovingly tending to our wounds. Amen. The sound of life. They make a big deal about snow around here. I, I kind of laugh because, see, they always made fun of Southerners. You guys did. Made fun of Southerners ever since I've been here for 100 years. About, oh, they get so excited. It just, no, okay. So we've got like two to four inches of snow overnight, mainly in the higher elevations, and then turning to rain and stuff. In a place where you get feet of snow, <laughs> it's like, it's a weather alert, all that. You know, I'm sorry. I just had to pick back. Anyway, that first one, though, you know, it's this tough getting through that first one. So I got to bring up something that's not like real spiritual or anything like that, but I, I saw it and I didn't know about it. And I was really glad because it affects my snacking while I'm watching television. And I, it, you know, I have to get something that's neat because I'm not going to make a mess out there. I'll, I'll miss the game. I'll sit in the living room. I mean, in the dining room at the table and I'll eat whatever it is because I know it's going to be messy. Well, now, thanks to a couple of guys, uh, uh, Cho, uh, no, that's his last name, Kevin, Kevin and Edwin, they were on the Shark Tank recently, and they've come up with an idea, and it's called Snacktiv, S-N-A-C-T-I-V, Snacktiv, and it's to keep you from getting messy while you're eating any kind of a snack, and I was very curious about this. Some of the Shark Tank guys made investment in it, you know, to kind of kick it off and get it going. It's kind of like little chopsticks for your fingers. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea. So they must have been sitting around thinking, you know what? If we just had like finger extensions we could put on and then we could, you know, eat our snacks, not have to. And then we could just take them off. Easy, easy peasy, right? All that. And so they operate kind of like chopsticks, except they fit snugly and conveniently right up in your fingers there. And you just pick up your greasy snacks and chips and stuff like that that makes a mess. I guess it wouldn't really keep you from making a mess on the floor. But hey, you know, I mean, you got part of the problem solved right there. There is a yeah. fine line between genius and madness. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Okay, today is National Bunt Day. I saw this, and then I did a little more research. And so it's a bunt cake pan kind of Wondered about that, if you don't mind. Let me know. Okay, yes. Nancy, you know about that? You've heard of bunt cake? Bunt cake, yes. Yeah, I, I guess. I bunt cakes, yes. What do you know about that? Um, They're great. They're easy to make because you don't have to worry about icing. They're they're nice uh, because it's, you know, one pan. You can put a glaze over the top. I make um, a really delicious chocolate one. And then I put like a vanilla glaze over the top and Andy Andy's mint pieces Ooh, over the top. Mercy. And then well, sometimes I make a vanilla one 
and put a little vanilla glaze and put some mini chocolate chips. But they put even just plain because they're like almost like a little pound cake kind of uh, moist. Well, what yeah. makes it different Crazy. than a pound cake though? Well, a bundt cake is that you use a particular pan. It's a round pan and it has a distinctive shape. You know, they have all, they have a lot of different bundt pans. Actually, the the regular one has like lines on the side. Okay. And pound cake's very different. It's a pound of butter, pound of flour, blah, 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 you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the information that I have, it said that it started in Europe with a cake that was called a Google hoof. Oh, that's cool. I never heard of that. The sound of life. It's all going to be cold and sunny today. Clouds will be moving. It's going to feel like snow. See, that's how we used to do it back in the day. We didn't have all this electronic Doppler stuff, you know, that try to show us the difference between ground clutter and what was actually snow coming. You know, you could just tell it was the time of the year. You, oh, we got cold. It's in the 20. And then start getting cloudy. Say, mm, I bet we're going to get a little bit of snow. That's kind of the way it went, right? That's the way we did things back in the day. Oh, man. A lot of things going on in the world, of course. Uh, it's it's incredible. It, it feels like you're getting slapped, right? When you, you open up, your, you start scrolling news and things like that and looking and stuff. But uh, there is some news uh, out there. And uh, I'll go over it in a couple of songs. Three songs, actually. And... Um, Brad Mattis has a pretty interesting take on it. It's the truth. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. So to give you a little perspective, in case you looked at the wrong sources here. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Pop some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. But uh, being thankful, you know, we, we got a week of Thanksgiving coming up next week. Wow. We can call and let us know. You can leave a message on the hotline. On the voicemail, I'll switch you later. 800-946-1765. That's toll-free hotline, of course. 800-946-1765. Just kind of wondering what you are thankful for. Yes, Kathleen, you thankful? You know, I was just thinking as I'm driving to work, I work on the school bus at Shenandoah. And I was just thinking how I come from upstate New York. My husband came from downstate. And we met, and we just—I—I'm just so thankful for our relationship. We've been married 38 years, but I'm like—I'm so thankful that this—that that God knew what He was doing. So amazing! I'm so grateful for that. As much as I argue and fight, I'm always the one that's starting the trouble. <laughs> of course, <laughs> we're perfect together. God knew what He was doing, and I thank you. The sound of life. Well, I know one thing, and maybe you've seen that in the news. Good morning, I'm Joe. And um, so a lot of news sources making fact of the fact that the eighth billionth baby has been born on the earth. Now, back over the weekend, it was like supposed to be tomorrow, and then they moved it up. So I guess it's today. Um, Brad Mattis, who is the president of Life Issues Institute, had a kind of an opposite look of how most news sources are presenting it. You know, I mean, obviously, 8 billion. We went very quickly from 7 billion to 8 billion people. And when you throw out those kinds of numbers, it's very easy to say, what are we going to do? You know, and to, and to kind of make it fearful. Look at all these people that are here and stuff. But what they're not saying is the fact that there are many countries that are desperate to grow their populations, not reduce them. And believe it or not, 
Number one on that list is China. That's exactly right. See, for decades, China has brutally enforced a one-child policy on its citizens. Women endured terrible things to make sure that they were going to curb what China's communist leaders believed was an out-of-control population explosion. And in China, it's culturally beneficial to have a male, to have a boy instead of a girl. And so for decades, they've got all these guys, and they're like, uh-oh. I mean, it's, it's not funny, really, because it's their own thinking. They leaned on their own understanding, and they are in big trouble. Big trouble. In fact, uh, they are, the China Family Planning Association is now urging unmarried pregnant women not to get rid of that baby or have that baby. Right. And they are working uh, to reduce, you know, non-medical reasons for an abortion. They are really working that. But anyway, they, uh, they're one of the ones. Uh, Russia is rewarding women who have 10 children. Is that amazing? They give you a cash prize, $16,000. They actually have a national holiday where they are trying to create more people. <laughs> and that's plain and simple right there. It's it's just incredible. You could win an SUV. <laughs> I mean, we've got, we've got prizes for you if you have children in Russia. Many Western European nations are also desperate to increase their shrinking populations. Italy's one of them. World is facing a population implosion, not an explosion. See, it's kind of like your guy going, What? It's not what I saw on the new, right? That's right. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so there's a lot of people probably that are, a lot of organizations probably wishing that the eighth billionth baby was never born, but we take a very different stand. We celebrate baby eight billion and believe this child is a welcome blessing to our world. In fact, to show that today in the Washington Times, uh, other pro-life leaders are welcoming baby $8 billion and publicly saying, or signing, they, they signed a full-page advertisement uh, that's going to be published. That's in the, what's the, what's the paper? The Washington Times. So, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. The Sound of Life. So, 100 years ago, you know, I moved here from the South. You're going up to the northeast, right? I had a front-wheel drive car, which there weren't many of those around. I had a Volkswagen Rabbit. That was a pretty nifty little car. A little bit ahead of their times. Fuel-injected. Thank you very much, Volkswagen, because nobody would work on it. Oh, that's one of them fuel-injected. Mm, you got to take that to the dealer. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. But, you know, it's funny because in the snow, you get a little... Um, they had that whole era of front-wheel drive in the 80s. Maybe 90s, too, right? Before, you know, all-wheel drive really is kind of perfected now, you know, with the computer sensing the rotation of the tires and all that stuff. But that front-wheel drive is real easy to get carried away on. You get, I've seen a lot of people get overconfident, and I know that because they're sliding sideways as they're trying to make a turn. And I'm sitting there going, hmm, kind of slicker than you thought it was, isn't it? But I came here, you know, and I'm all prepared and everything, and... It's cold like it is now, and I'm like, man, it's cold, you know. Getting all ready. I worked in sales, traveled around. <laughs> so it was about a week before Thanksgiving. We had, and I lived in the capital region, we had probably about seven inches of snow. Or as they say down south, that was a right smart amount of snow there. 
And I thought, well, here it comes. Here we go. Because, you know, a lot of the old timers, you'd be hearing stories about, oh, man, this is nothing. We don't get snow nothing like we used to. Piled up to the stop signs and stuff. And I'm sure in a lot of places it was. So we got that, and I was just really gearing up. And that kind of cleared up, but we didn't have any snow for Thanksgiving. Didn't have any snow for Christmas. But one thing we did have was real cold air. <laughs> My little toes were hurting so bad. You know, I wore dress shoes. Oh, man, oh, man. I wanted to bundle up so bad, which I can do now. Because I can sit here and tell you that I'm in my Bermuda shorts and flip-flops and you don't know the difference, but probably. So, and, and it was just so dry and cold and man, it almost ran me out of here. It really did. I was so homesick. I thought, this is crazy. It's one thing to have snow, you know, but uh, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of my uh, little story right there. Uh, and, and, I, and it was just one of those things. I mean, it, it is interesting that even when I started here in the early 90s, 1990s, uh, it was, we had times when it was 20 below. I know there were some mornings, you know, 17 below, 20 below, some places 22 below, something like that. Man, that is really cold. Nothing really wants to, that was, so that was, maybe, maybe it is true, you know, or either that or I'm turning into one of those old timers that, Talks about how we used to have real winter weather, right? We don't I mean, know everything. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Honey in the Rock, you're singing along, weren't you, with me? It's pretty cool. I was asked. And rightly so. They said, you know, I've heard about the water from the rock in the Bible. I know where that comes from. Is there a thing in the Bible where it says there's honey in the rock? Yes, there is. Psalm 81, verse 16. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Isn't that amazing? Why open, why open your mouth wide, he says, and I will fill it with good things. That's from Psalm, that Psalm 81. In order to receive this bounty, God's people need only to listen to his words and walk in his paths. All that Psalm 81, it's very cool. It's about God providing the very best. You know, it's under the old covenant, of course. But, uh, boy, God wants to provide. And, of course, he did provide the ultimate Savior in the new covenant, the new blood. Right? It's pretty amazing. Right there. So I thought that was pretty cool as the Lord invites Israel and the Old Covenant to receive the very best of his blessings. He's saying to you, I don't know if I'd walk up to your neighbor, you know, in, in church and say, open your mouth wide. <laughs> it may work. I don't know. It's biblical. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Uh, I am Joe. It's Cup of Joe Morning Show on your, well, winter day weather advisory kind of thing going on. A lot of rain, messy weather out early this morning. So be, watch where you step. That's a big thing right there, you know. I've still got trauma from last year. I really do, as the, the ice last year. So I'm 
it's amazing how that just you walk out and then all these your sensory things are going off and you're like ooh I'm be, be careful be careful well I'm glad they're safe they should have had some sensory things going off on this father and son team and I'm, very, and I'm not picking on them but I'm telling you because it's a classic example and I'm going to say put that out there because if you know anybody that's going to head out on a hike you don't want to do the things that this father and daughter did all right and uh, it's right around here but they got rescued they're okay they're very thankful i guarantee you that their thanksgiving this year is going to be different but they started out on the hike around 3 p.m this was last saturday that's that's you know what in two hours it's going to be pitch black are you ready to hike at night you read, I mean, everything changes at night when the dark comes. I, I've read countless stories of hikers going out. Number one, they're by themselves. Number two, they get out there and it's dark. They're not familiar with the trail. All these things add up. It could make a disaster. And that's kind of what happened with them. Their family members were concerned, but they didn't know where they were exactly. Right? The father's looking at his phone to lose service. That's very typical. You're at a hike in the, in the middle of nowhere, really, even though you're within a couple of miles of being close. But it got dark. They were they were trying to get they were bushwhacking through a trail at night. They did they weren't they weren't prepared to be out at night. All right. So they uh they were blocked by a rapidly moving creep. It says creep. I think it I think it was a creek, you know. Or like the Jansen kill, you know. I think. But uh I mean, I don't know. They're out there. They're the ones that saw it. So uh, it's rugged terrain. You know, should have had uh, hand lamps, clothing, be familiar, right? They finally, the father finally got cell phone service like a little after four in the morning and could tell rescuers where they were. It was almost six o'clock in the morning by the time they got rescued. They were shivering, wet. Rangers found them, put clothes on them, fed them. All that before they took them out of there. So very thankful, but it does give me a great opportunity to, you know, learn this is what you do, what not to. Hey, I had a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine that was kayaking in the Hudson River by himself with his phone. Weather came up. That's what changes everything. Waves, all that went over. You know, it's very fortunate. I mean, really are. But I tell you. It's it's what's bugging me about that whole story is the creep, the the rapidly moving creep. Well, they always tell you, watch out for the creeps, right? What is wrong with you? <laughs> the Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Might as well get up, do something. The sound of life. Welcome aboard, as they say. I'm Joe. I mean, we're only we're taking off in your mind. That's where we're going. You say welcome aboard when you're like leaving the station. Well, we're leaving. <laughs> In your mind, right? Sun's coming out in Monroe and Orange County. Isn't that something? I love that. After a storm there. I got some news this morning. Besides Artemis, so now we're in the, you know, the moon age back when I was coming along in, in NASA. Going to the moon, putting men on the moon, uh, was Apollo. That was the Apollo age. That's, that's what they called them from the Greek. Somebody. Somebody from Greek. Now, Apollo's. Apollo, anyway. Is that Apollo Creed? No. So now it's Artemis. I think they're sticking with it. Why don't we go back? We can't think of anything new. We just got to go back. Oh, those Greek words are cool. 
And so the it launched in the middle of the night down there. I was looking at a video. Somebody in Florida took it. It's pretty amazing. Imagine get, not knowing that thing was going off yet. You know, enjoying a nice, cool evening in Florida. Seeing a big, bright light in the sky. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be like, let me and you, Lord, right? We're good. We're good. All this, you know. So that when it's going to the moon, but it's going to circle the moon like we did originally in Apollo, you know, and then come back and stuff. And then I guess it's going to be 2024, I think, when another one goes up. So it will it will be slow, kind of a start. The idea is to put not only men, <laughs> it will not be white men this time, but people of color and women, right? The, the idea is to build a space station on the moon, so we'll see how that goes. Wow, I can't do that kind of stuff. You know, they got the International Space Station. You go up there for months looking out that window. How long could you do that? How long could you be in there? You gotta, you gotta have your mind in some kind of a very special... It's like working on a submarine or something, you know? Because you don't want to all of a sudden be, I gotta get out! <laughs> that, that would be me. <laughs> Open the door! <laughs> that would not be good at all. But I intended to tell you about this incredible fact. Um, they have a new uh, FAA tower at Piedmont Triad International Airport. That's the Greensboro, North Carolina airport. Okay. That's where I fly in and out of to go home. And it was designed by an all-women engineering team. Right? It's the first in FAA history. That's why it's significant. Newly dedicated tower there at the uh, airport. So kudos to them. Uh, that is really pretty cool. Proudly showing a picture of what they had designed there. And uh, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Now that's yeah. what I'm talking about. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Trying to keep up on these, uh, the latest there. Uh, very interesting. I mean, some of the stories you, you hear about, you know, uh, you, you really, I really need to share this with you because you may not find out about it. You know, it's kind of hard to weed through a lot of the stuff that's going on these days. And there's some really very interesting things out there, right? I mean, like there's a guy, a Spanish man that tied three pairs of shoes in under 10 seconds. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to tell you about. In fact, I don't even have laces. I have fake laces on my shoe now. That's how bad it is. And so you can do three pairs of shoes in 10 seconds. Wow. Pretty amazing. But in all seriousness, there was a really interesting thing going on. And, and it has a lot of different um, levels to it. Uh, they're out diving. Right, you're in an area where uh, you you have scuba divers and stuff like that. It's off the Catalina Island, California. You know, it's a very busy area there, water and all that stuff. Well, Pablo was out there with his son and another friend, and they got in trouble. He got in trouble. Uh, he's an experienced diver, but you know, it can happen to anybody. And so the son was yelling for help, and believe it or not, three mermaids showed up to help him <laughs> and you're like oh california i would be you know he's pablo's got well well i am off the coast of california i guess it's not all that unusual in case you didn't know there is a thing where you can train to be a mermaid there they have these mermaid training classes 
and they were out in the water, and they heard the child calling for help. He had his equipment on. See, it's, that's like 30 or 40 pounds of diving equipment. He got in trouble, so he's in double trouble right there. So they, they went over there. They used their tails. They, they, they put on those, and they went over there, and they're training, of course. They're tra- you learn to hold your breath and stuff. So all that training came into play, and they, they got his gear off and stuff, and then they, they you know... It was good. They were credited with probably saving his life. The mermaids. How did you imagine that story years from now? His his son will be telling it to the grandson. You know, yeah, your grandfather was saved by mermaids off the coast of California. Right? Really? <laughs> okay. But I thought it was kind of interesting because the mermaid said, you know, it's not just pretty tales and smiles, but we can save lives, too, with grace. So we save with grace as opposed to be saved by grace, right? Yeah, I get you. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The sound of life. Some pretty good news, actually. A couple of hotels and resorts. Uh, Wyndham uh, and partnering up with Lowe's. Um, you know, they've got a lot of uh, hotels and stuff underneath them. They're offering free stays. For travelers that can't get out of town uh, for Thanksgiving, for the um, you know the, the the day the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and boy, you get the feeling you kind of you kind of like okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. But, but as the record has been over the summer and into the fall, I mean, everybody knows people that have had horror stories, and Thanksgiving's the busiest day of the year. So, wow. I, I just wouldn't want to be working in the, not at the airport. Nope. Thank God bless you for doing that. And God bless them. I mean, you know, that's a pretty big deal. That's something they don't have to do, you know, offer free stays and stuff. So they're, you know, they're, they're reaching out. They're saying, hey, there are going to be people that just can't do it. So that's pretty cool right there, you know. So that's something to be good and thankful for, right? <laughs> there could be a lot of people, oddly enough. You know, a day when you're supposed to be thankful and stuff and when you travel through the woods to grandma's, like I we used to do, go to my Aunt Ruth's, you know, and everybody was there and have all this food and everything. It was really cool and it's going to be tough for some people. But kind of wondering what you're thankful for. Absolutely. Loving you to give us a call right there. Yes, Kathleen, thankful? You know, I was just thinking as I'm driving to work, I work on the school bus at Shenandoah. I was just thinking how I come from upstate New York. My husband came from downstate and we met and we just, I, I'm just so thankful for our relationship. We've been married 38 years, but I'm like, I'm so thankful that this, that God knew what he was doing. So amazing. I'm so grateful for that. As much as I argue and fight, I'm always the one that's starting trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfect together. God knew what he was doing, and I thank you. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The Sound of Life. I'm Joe, and one of the things I noticed, it just kind of hit me one day, is about the armor of God, you know, and the, the Apostle Paul talking, you know, in a letter, writing a letter to the church and talking about putting on the armor of God. And I thought, you know, those people... And that day, they wanted that armor because they would see a Roman soldier. I mean, how cool was that? Just decked out, right? Invincible. We always like that stuff, right? The Mandalorian. 
He's got the coolest outfit ever, you know. I mean, all the way down. I mean, even Superman had a, you know, he didn't have to wear a cape and all that stuff. He could have done all that stuff, you know, with a with a sweatshirt on. But he had a cool outfit. And it's always been that way in culture, hasn't it? And the Apostle Paul, amazing how he jumped onto cultural things. Like he was saying to them, oh, I noticed you've got these statues for the gods, all your gods. And you even have one for the unknown God. Well, I'm going to tell you who that unknown God is. The way he tapped into that. The athletics. They went nuts. They created competitive athletics. They really did. Greeks and the Romans. You know, and so he tapped into that. Listen, friends, I'm running a race. You're running a race. And we don't get an award that's perishable like they do. Your reward will last forever in heaven you know he's making it really cool he would be like the coolest person ever if he was around right now and those people i'm sure that was like oh man if we just had this armor we would be invincible and so paul is writing to us as he did then and he said god has given you armor and they were like what excuse me yes because see you've got a battle but your battle's not against flesh and blood no your battle is against principalities in spiritual places. Whoa, wow. So God has provided a helmet for you, helmet of salvation. You know that you know that you know that you're saved, right? It's amazing. Right? You've got a, a belt. It's truth, right? You've got a breastplate that fits right over your chest. It protects your heart. It's the breastplate of righteousness, even the shoes for your feet, you're putting on the readiness given by the gospel of grace. Isn't that cool? And you even have a shield like they did. Yes, it's your faith. That's your shield, right? And they were like, yeah, oh, dude, but we need a sword. You do have a sword. It's the word of God. <gasps> wow, it cuts like a double-edged sword, doesn't it? Yeah, see? And it all made sense. The spiritual realm of that all made sense. That's, uh, I always thought that was pretty cool, the Apostle Paul. Totally. The Sound of Life. When I say The Chosen now, a lot of people know exactly what I'm talking about. Season 3, getting ready, believe it or not, to hit theaters tomorrow. I'll tell you where you can find out. Theaters around here, it's it's incredible. Uh, The Chosen uh, Season 3 is getting a lot of publicity because people have jumped on board by the millions since the beginning of it, and I won't tell you about, you know, years ago when Dallas Jenkins did the, uh, he, I thought it was a pilot for the crowdfunding, you know, to show people what he had in mind, but actually he did it for his church, he said. Um, and it's like a 24-minute episode of Jesus' birth, and I watched it, and I was absolutely blown away. Just blown away, as you would be the first time you see an episode of it, if you haven't. So the third season... Uh, in theaters tomorrow. is going to tackle some of the tensions that come with being a follower of Christ. Uh, Dallas Jenkins wanted to answer some of the tougher faith questions that many young people have today. And they brought on board a lot of young people. I'm talking anywhere from, you know, preteens, teenagers, especially teenagers into early 20s. A lot of people just blown away by this that had preconceived ideas about who Jesus was, what Christians were, that kind of thing. 
and uh, there's people that are following Jesus in his earthly ministry. So Dallas Jenkins wanted to showcase that human tension in the third season. Um, they also dig into personal and emotional struggles that other Jesus followers had following the Lord's calling on their lives. So, you, I mean, you just have to watch it to, to know. Now, the good thing about being crowdfunded is that eventually you can watch them on the app. It, it won't take all that long. But, and I've got the app. If you got a smartphone or an iPhone or whatever, you can get the chosen app. All right? Looked for little fish going around in a circle. So I went on the uh, angel.com tickets and uh, put in the zip code, which is right here, 12449. So I'm right in the middle of the Hudson Valley. But I can tell you it's at the Galleria Mall in Poughkeepsie, uh, West Westage Business Center in Fishkill, Crystal Run in Middletown. It's going to be in Mohegan Lake, East Main Street there, the Regal East in Greenbush, Rensselaer. Uh, AMC in Danbury, in Danbury, Connecticut. A lot of folks go over there. So that's right there. So it's in some pretty big theater starting tomorrow. Season three beginning. Pretty cool stuff. And here he is, Mr. Know-It-All. Yeah, well, you know. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. I am Joe. I've been dying to tell you this story. I should have told you in October because it was be a cool anniversary of the Cuban Missile Crisis, and you may be old enough to remember that very well, but I'll bring you up to date. 1962, it was in October, John Kennedy was president, and it hadn't been too many years since Fidel Castro did the revolution in Cuba and took over, and he had aligned himself with Russia, right? And so the our spy plane spotted Russian ships headed to Cuba, and they had missiles on them. And John Kennedy, the president, said, told Russia, that's unacceptable. It's not going to happen. We're not going to have missiles from an enemy 90 miles from our southern border. So he told them that you turn the ships around or we're going to blockade. And we did. We blockaded uh, Cuba. And they said, we're going to go to war over this. We're not having those. There, you turn them around. <sighs> Things were very tense, my friend. <laughs> and thanks to one very calm Russian submarine mariner you're alive today okay and your parents were alive obviously but it came that close because what happened was there were i think there were two submarines in the area but one of them was spotted so what do you do when you spot the enemy but you don't want to really i mean you know they just want them to turn around that's all so they were dropping um, some kind of ordinance that wasn't going to destroy the Russian submarine. It was just going to explode and let them know that we know where you are. Come up. Let's let's see yourself and all that kind of stuff. That's basically what you do, okay? If you're ever in a submarine and you have an enemy that's doing that, right? Because if they wanted to destroy him, they could have. What nobody knew except the Russians is that there was a nuclear warhead on that submarine. And the captain thought we were under attack. He thought he thought the Russians, this, this is it. The war is on. I'm firing my nuclear warhead. That's what he was going to do. He was moments away from firing that nuclear warhead. <laughs> it's hard to believe. I'm telling you the story. It sounds like, you know, some type of a wild movie, which it really should be. It's probably just a lot of things just take a while to get out. You know, it's kind of the way it is. But, uh... This one particular officer said, no, 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 don't. He said, I don't think 
That's what this is. And he basically spent the next few minutes or hours or something talking him out of it. Because I can assure you, if he'd fired a nuclear weapon, it very likely would have been on. The whole thing, everybody's hitting the buttons and everything, the whole scenario that you see in the horror movies or science fiction movies or whatever could have well happened. So it's interesting when when people say, let's pray for certain situations, pray for governments, you know, like the Ukraine and Russia. Lift that up before God. Pray for those situations because you don't know what individuals are thinking. You don't know what individuals have. And at one time in our history, we came that close. Did God intervene? Boy, it will. Okay, I'll take it, Lord. <laughs> Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Got a little uh, news here for you this morning. All right? Here we go. Because I was reading about this really cool place that I thought, well, man, you might want to visit that out in western New York. You know, they're used to getting lots of snow, of course, because of the lake effect thing happening. Western New York there. There's, uh, I guess it's called Peak and Peak Resort. Peak and Peak. Peak and Peak. It's two different peaks. Never mind. It's a charming golf and ski vacation destination. As uh, It's known for its Tudor-style mansion and also its LED uh, ski slope with uh, tubes. Tubes go down the snow. And I guess they put the LED lights in it and they have a DJ and stuff. And as soon as it gets dark, they start sledding. And they sled like all night long. It's really pretty cool. But the thing is, you better get there right now. You better leave right now. Because according to the latest bulletin, is that the governor of New York is planning on closing the New York State Thruway uh, at 4 p.m. All right. Now this, when I get on my apps here, I got to get all these apps <laughs> that I got on, on my phone here. But um, the, um, the there's a, and I heard him talking about it during the, because of the Buffalo football game on Sunday, whether they were going to play it or move it or whatever. So it's supposed to be a for real gigantic big lake effect snow event happening in case you were planning on going to western New York like in the next couple of days. Uh, but the throughway and uh, maybe some other roads. Well, certainly the New York State Thruway. That's the one right there that is going to be closed at 4. Uh, and Because they don't want you on the highway when the snow starts. Because, you know, you've always seen those photographs of the, the lines of trucks and cars just sitting there because nobody can move or anything like that. Now, where is it going to be? Um, Buffalo is going to be the hardest hit probably. Probably Watertown as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, a couple of feet of snow, three inches an hour to probably fall. Could be four feet of snow in some areas. All right, now relax. This is Western New York. Okay, we're not. It's not not for us. Hopefully, but uh, that's one of the things you can catch on your on my, right on top of my thankful list is is we don't get lake effect snow. Very rarely do we get lake effect snow. So I'm looking to see exactly. It's going to be from the Pennsylvania state line uh, out uh, uh, to around. It's got to be. Uh, you're going to have to check it yourself, probably. Um, very strange that I can't see the. That I can't. I can't find it. I can't. I, I mean, I'm looking right at the article, but I can't see 
Where? What is it going to be? Rochester, somewhere like that. But um, oh, here it goes. Uh, about 130 miles of the New York State Thruway in the Rochester to and Buffalo area to the Pennsylvania border. It says 4 p.m. Thursday. So uh, the snow really coming in Friday. Supposed to get, according to the weather service, a foot of snow and then a couple feet. I'm sorry, Saturday and a couple feet Saturday night. All right, so just want to give you that little bit of a heads up right there. Remember Joe Q always telling that funny story about when he was a kid and sitting in the back seat and his family was headed west, you know, and they, they got out. My father goes, well, kids, we're in the snow belt right now. And he said no sooner had he said it than it started snowing, pouring snow. Listener supported the sound of life. Good to have you along this morning. Big anniversary there for one Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, you probably got an idea about good old Arnold, right? He's pretty well known because he's been in a lot of things lately. Today is the day that he was sworn in as governor of California in 2003. He said something that I think about a lot because <clears throat> I've done weightlifting, you know, done working out and stuff like that. He said your struggles develop your strengths. And he would know that. Anybody that's ever lifted weights to get bigger muscles, you're a primary example of pain increases your growth does it not absolutely he doesn't look the way he does well didn't look the way he did when he was winning contests you know big muscles and everything because he sat on the equipment <laughs> you know he went through a lot a lot of uh, work a lot of work a lot of sore muscles and stuff and it's true isn't it it's a paradox of the world that we live in the harder we try to make it, the more, I should say, the more we try to make it easier on ourselves, the worse we become. And so when our lives are hard, physically, mentally hard, spiritually hard, then we, they're honed, aren't they? Really. Not very pleasant to talk about, to think about, right? You like the other side of it. You like coming through the storm and being on the other side. Now you got testimony. It's pretty cool. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of those characters. I remember somebody was talking about him. And, and again, whatever you think about him, here's a man who could hardly speak English from Austria who got into bodybuilding. And he knew that America is where he wanted to go. Why? Well, he's the primary example. He comes here. He wins bodybuilding championships and stuff. He comes here. He becomes a big star in movies. Who would have ever guessed that? He said, nobody can understand the guy. He's just a big, big bodybuilder guy, right? Uh-huh. Big, big star in movies. And then, <laughs> following in the footsteps of Ronald Reagan, an actor, right? He becomes governor, as I said, in 2003. You know, it's just incredible. I tell you a story about him. When he got his U.S. citizenship, he ran around with the flag, with the American flag, and he he was crying. I mean, he was just so exalted and happy with tears. Isn't that interesting, isn't it? The, to get that outside perspective, and he knew what the possibilities would be just to come here, right? And I always think about the founders in the minute details of setting up this country that is, for the first time in human history, going to be run by the people that live in the country. Yeah, we're going to decide who our leaders are. We're going to vote and decide and pick and stuff like that, right? Yeah. 
It's 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 a mess. I mean, it's been a mess, but it has created the opportunity that's never been in the world before, right? And the freedoms and opportunity. It's incredible. And uh, I really, you see God's blessing in it, you know, stuff like that. It's really pretty cool. And I think, and I mentioned him, you know, don't get mad at me for mentioning, he's talking about Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Don't get mad at all that because I mentioned him, but I mentioned him because he is one of those. He's just one of a primary example of what you can do in this country, and people know that, and that's why they're trying to get in here. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. The sound of life. It's kind of in the era of believe it or not. Remember, believe it or not, definitely is. But you can check all this stuff out. It involves a movie way back in the day, an actor who would get really famous, and somebody who watched the movie and really liked it and was inspired by it. It all happened back in 1939, a film called Code of the Secret Service, and it starred one Ronald Reagan. He happened to call it, and I quote, the worst picture I ever made. (laughs) That was a man named Jerry Parr. This is a real guy named Jerry Parr. Saw the movie when he was a kid, and he kept watching it as a child, and he was inspired to join the Secret Service from that movie that the star said was the worst movie I ever made. Now, later in life... Jerry Parr, who actually became a Secret Service agent, happened to save the life of a U.S. president in a 1981 assassination attempt. The president was none other than Ronald Reagan, the star of that movie. Oh, you've got to admit, that is pretty A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. I am Joe. Yes, so I actually am very glad that I had the privilege to actually fly out of New York City. I flew in and flew out. I'll tell you about it coming up. The day before Thanksgiving, okay? I did it once. <laughs> when I was up here in the 80s and traveling around, I usually just stayed up here for Thanksgiving and went home for Christmas New Year's, you know, kind of deal. But, of course, this year flying has taken on a whole new dark side, if you will. <laughs> you know. Oh, boy. So, but some hotel rooms are coming to the rescue, and we know that there's going to be... On Wednesday, people trying to get out to get home for Thanksgiving that aren't going to make it. Uh, advised, people have been advised to fly the best time as to fly Thursday. Say, well, that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, supposed to already be home by then. That's the reason it makes it so tough because of that deadline right there. But there are some uh, hotels. Um, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts teamed up with Lowe's, not the hardware store, but you know, <laughs> to offer free stay in a room decked out with holiday cheer and coziness that can soothe even the most frustrated of flyers on the busiest day. So they've set aside 50 free stays for travelers hoping to evoke, uh, you know, you're trying to get home for the holidays and you can't make it. Uh, you may be able to stay for free. So that's kind of cool. And so hopefully... And they're at major airports. You know, we got a major airport near us, a couple of them. So maybe that's, you know, if you if that happens to you, maybe you could at least have a free room there. Skit guys did an awesome skit about a guy who couldn't get out. It's pretty amazing. The, the lady on the other end of the airline, she said, 
there are probably other people, too. Why don't you invite them or something like that? But anyway, it's cool. So I actually flew from Poughkeepsie down to LaGuardia. You know, you could do that. You used to could do that. Oh, that was the good old days right there, man. I'm trying to remember what the name of the airline was. It wasn't like Hudson Valley Airlines, which it kind of was, but it was really cool. You could just go to the airport in Poughkeepsie and fly down to LaGuardia. Somehow you had to find your way into the building, I remember. It's kind of kind of wild, but I took a carry bus down to Kennedy Airport, and from there I flew out to Indianapolis, I think that was where I was going. It was really pretty cool. It was an interesting experience, obviously, in crowdedness, you know, even in the 80s. I mean, you know, the salads at Kennedy Airport were 10 bucks, even in the 80s. So I wasn't going to wait in line. I waited in line for probably a candy bar and something else, you know. And there was a guy in front of me that was obviously really nervous. Because when you're in the city in an airport and you're talking to a perfect stranger, you are very nervous. <laughs> and I wanted to put him at ease. You know, he was he was flying out to see his girlfriend, I think, in Arizona. And he was, uh, that was still funny. I still think about that. Somebody was talking to me standing in line at the airport. And they were nervous about flying. And I basically said, dude, if you made it into here, from here on out is a piece of cake. You've got it made. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Good morning. I am Joe. Good to have you along on a Friday. Yes, indeedy. Well, this story went over good, and it's, it is pretty interesting. Uh, phenomenal, unbelievable facts. That's the category that it's under, and you have to listen close now. Let's take a deep breath. Early this morning, I know you got a lot to do, but anyway. So we've got Ronald Reagan, who was uh, an actor back in the day, and he was in a movie way back in 1939. He starred in a film by the name of Code of the Secret Service. That was the name of the film. Ronald Reagan actually called it, and I quote, the worst picture I ever made. Remember that. Because a man, well, he was a kid then named Jerry Parr. He was watching the movie, and he watched it again. And he watched it over again. He loved the idea, and he was inspired to join the Secret Service. And as a man, Jerry Parr became a Secret Service agent. Fast forward to later in everybody's life. Uh, the U.S. president was uh, was an assassination attempt in 1981 on the U.S. president's life. And Jerry Parr is the one who helped save his life. President was the star of the movie, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing the sound of life so a very spiritual question going out this morning early maybe you're in the middle of breakfast that's kind of what we're talking about what's the best cereal to eat right out of the box and i, and I bring that up because recently my wife had suggested that i snack on the cereal and dry she said you know just pour it in a bowl and just eat it by the handful there it's pretty cool it's a lot better than your cookies that you eat or i mean for a while I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but and I love nuts, peanut M&Ms. But, man, I was throwing down a lot of calories just having a snack. And, you know, I eat breakfast crazy early, so I'm getting hungry before real lunchtime. And 
it's awkward. It really is. So, you know, good cup of coffee and, and a candy bar, man. Oof, that was ruining my figure. So she was right. So I'll tell you what I eat coming up. But that question went out there. Joey said Frosted Flakes or Honey Nut Cheerios. Cheerios would be good, right? But I don't know if they're gluten-free. So I'm, I'm laying on, but I don't know how you do Frosted Flakes. I want to put milk on them, Jerry. Uh, Joey, I'm sorry. But um, Honey Nut Cheerios, Chocolate Cheerios, Honey Smacks. I'm not sure what that is, Debbie. Uh, frosted Mini Wheats. Now we're talking, Tammy. There you go. You know, so that... That seems to be the popular things, things that you can get a hold of. And it's done a lot. So that's cool. You know, my favorite is Honey Nut Checks, uh, Not Cheerios, but Checks. Honey Nut Checks. They blend them. You got the rice and the corn Checks, the little squares. Very cool. And you get like two, three, four more. <laughs> Handful. <laughs> that's really cool. And the thing is, if you take... You take a bunch of those and put them out on a baking sheet and sprinkle some uh, Worcestershire sauce on there, you know, and throw in some peanuts. Wow, we man, that's a, that's a world class snack right there. If you got time for that, and I've just made myself hungry. Yeah. A great way to start your day: the Cup of Joe Morning Show. We got to get to some serious business right here. I've had this on my mind for a while. And I have to back it up a little bit. It has to do with the tragedy going on in a particular country that we've kind of forgot about. And especially during uh, November, which is we're remembering and praying for persecuted Christians around the world. There's just so many, starting with Afghanistan and North Korea and India, you know. And man, there's just a long list. And just hardly ever get down to Nigeria, northern Nigeria. One thing you need to know, we always forget about. Countries in Africa are massive. They're way bigger than we think they are, you know. Um, to just put that out there, I'm just saying that. And, and northern Nigeria is made up of uh, Fulani people are tribal. They're nomadic, tribal herdsmen. So they, you know, they take their herds of cows and stuff, and they're moving all the time and stuff. I know a man who actually works for um, Word of Life, which I didn't know. I think he was at the time, but he was there with some other guys. And basically, they would go around their Toyota pickup with a generator and a daylight movie screen and a VHS movie of the Jesus film and show it to these tribes of people. And they would get permission and stuff, and it got dark, and they would do that. And a lot of those people got saved. Next day, they'd be counseling and stuff. I mean, there are times when they would start getting stoned. You know, let's get back up and get out of here. Sometimes that happened. But I just think he did that for years. How many people knew Jesus in northern Nigeria? And then this whole Boko Haram thing started back not, not all that many years ago that I remember, but I was doing a Google search before the pandemic. That's how we demark everything. And, and just to see how many people, they because it just seemed like every other week they were blowing up a church. I mean, I, I don't mean to be, you know, get all the bad news and stuff, but it, it was horrific. I said, they are really systematically trying to kill every Christian in that country or kidnap them. So this year, uh, what spurred it on was because we had a, we, there was a petition, and I think I signed it, but there's thousands of people signed this petition, delivered it to the White House a week ago to get Nigeria, northern Nigeria, put back on this country of concern, a particular concern, because it was taken off a year ago. It should be on there. 
So, uh, over 4,000 people have been killed so far this year by these extremists. And 2,300 abducted. They like to do that. So, and, they, and they're specifically targeting Christians because they're against the education of girls. And they know Christians, besides following Jesus, which they don't do, they abhor. And they Christians are really big on educating girls. So, Father God, I just want to pray for the situation in Nigeria. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to pray for those people. It's hard to know how to pray. And you must really grieve for those people that love you so much that are just being taken out systematically. And I, I pray for special intervention by your doing to try to alleviate that. Thank you for their courage. And I just pray for their safety. And again, I just, I, I'm at a loss. I just, I don't, I don't know what to do about that. That's going to take, and I just pray for God's intervention on that. So pray for those people right now. The sound of life. I am Joe. Bring a little up to date on the uh, man who took his son to the basketball game. First basketball game for his son. It was very important for dad to get there. It was a scrimmage that the University of Kentucky is having. And if you live in Kentucky, then the University of Kentucky College Basketball, that's everything. I mean, that's Kentucky blue is everything. It's a special shade of blue. So he got out of the coal mine because that's what he does, and he didn't have time to dress, change clothes, take a shower, and all that. So it was very noticeable in the crowd of people who were at a scrimmage, which was a fundraiser uh, for flood victims in the Pikeville area. And so somebody took a couple of photographs and put it out. They thought it was really cool, and so did the coach of Kentucky who saw it. John Calipari, he said, oh, man, this brings back memories. You know, my family's roots are in West Virginia coal mines. He said, I want to find out who that guy is. I want him to get some VIP treatment for his family. And so that did happen. He's sitting right there on the front. I wonder if it was the Duke game. Sitting right on the floor in the front. It was really cool. I thought it was interesting. John Calipari said, uh, tweeted out later, he said, I, I thought a lot about my grandfather who worked underground in the mine. He said, I've also had the privilege to go underground with the miners in Kentucky. And a comment stuck out to me. I guess their motto is, we go down together and we come up together. And for John Calipari, he said, you know, they work for each other. They're the ultimate teammates. And I thought, wow, that's great for Christians, followers of Christ. We go down together. We come up together. It's pretty cool. The Sound of Life. Yesterday, I was talking about flying out of Poughkeepsie. Even my wife looked at me, what? A lot of people didn't know about that. And now there was a flight out of Poughkeepsie. Basically, I, I took it to Newark. I know I went to LaGuardia the time I was talking about. And then one time, my friend Keith and I went to uh, Kennedy Airport. Because I remember flying out over the uh, Long Island Sound and bumping along, you know. Then when you get on the... And my friend Craig last night emailed me. He said, the name of the airline was Command Airways. And I said, that's right, it was. So it was a twin-engine wing over the top. I don't know how many people were on that thing. 15, maybe? Something like that, whatever. I know one thing. Usually what you would hear, the flight attendant would say, uh, due to the bumpy conditions, uh, no uh, cabin service today. And it wasn't a very long flight, as you can imagine, from Poughkeepsie down to LaGuardia. I took it one Thanksgiving Eve and took the carry bus down to 
Kennedy Airport, which I was very thankful. That's the best $6 you'll ever spend. I have no idea what it is now. As I said, uh, the Command Airways, I guess they went out of business like in 1988. Probably because of high fuel prices and people just said, I'm just going to drive. Plus, they at the time, there were shuttle buses that would pick you up in, along the Hudson Valley, along the thruway, and take you down to the airport. Stuff like that. So, I thank Craig for reminding me, bringing back some memories, you know, the good old days. Yeah. Uh, something that's relatively new. In fact, it's a first in my hometown. First, maybe in the country. I get, oh, oh, the first in FAA history, Federal, Federal Aviation Administration history. An all-women engineering team led the construction of an air traffic control tower. And the newly dedicated tower at Piedmont Triad International Airport, that's Greensboro, where I'm from right there, uh, was uh, the second commission this year in North Carolina. And, of course, uh, you know, I just take checking out. They had a picture of the four young ladies standing there in the tower and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I wonder if everybody's moving down there. (laughs) But that's pretty cool, though. You know, to be, uh, and that must be really neat to be, I mean, if you were a woman, and I'm not, and I don't know how to think like a woman, but I would imagine being on something like an engineering team and an all-women's engineering team must be pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.